you're literally describing L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology like, <laughs> writings. Well, Scientology <laughs> is it cyberpunk? Is oh is a God. dystopian? Okay. <laughs> is Scientology cyberpunk? Is a hilarious way to start this. 11, center of the most calculating intelligence on Earth, programmed by Master Control to survive by all means. I still do not understand why you want to break into the system. Because, man, somewhere in one of these memories is the evidence. Kevin Flynn, computer genius. Taken prisoner and held captive within the digital world of the computer itself. Where love and escape do not compute. Welcome to another episode of Quantum Recast. I'm your host, Corey, and with me as always is Tanner and Nick. Yo! And we have a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Mari Takahashi. Thanks for having me. Hi, Mari. Very very excited to have Mari with us today. Um, And so what, uh, before we hop into this episode, which is if you've uh, clicked on this, you've clicked on tron and then the year 2022 and maybe you clicked on this because you're excited because we're announcing something like tron 2022 is coming out that's a lie that's not happening uh only here is it happening (laughs) we're going to discuss what it might be like if tron from 1982 was actually released in 2022 um right i got that right it's 1982 right yeah that is yeah, correct. Yeah, you got it. All right. 1982 is also in my brain because that's when Grease 2 came out. So I was Jesus. just making sure I didn't cross my wires. A strong, <laughs> a strong year. year of cinema. Of course. What a great year for cinema 1982 was. Because that's what we do here on Quantum Recast. We just take a movie out of its original release year and we drop it in a new theoretical release year. And then we give it a fancy new cast relevant to that new release year. Uh, but before we do that, By all means, if you are addicted to social media like most of the world, we are there. Quantum Recast is on all the major social media platforms, and you can follow us there and engage with us. And then if you want to go the extra step, uh, you can financially contribute to the podcast to help us grow on Patreon.com or BuyMeACoffee.com slash Quantum Recast. So... That's what we're doing. Normally right now, we'd talk about what we're watching this week, but we're just so excited to hop into Tron 2022. Absolutely. 2022, the original, is 1982. The movie has a pretty standard, substandard score with critics. Like, all the critics have it 
IMDb has it as 6.7, Rotten Tomatoes 72% with a 69 okay. nice percent audience score and a very low meta score at 58%. So it's kind of all over the place. But Mari, I really wanted to ask you this because when we were talking about doing this episode, we really discussed like cyberpunk and I know that you're very into cyberpunk and very into action stuff and we you know whittled it down. So what about cyberpunk specifically? really engages with you? What is your relationship with that? Yeah, I mean, I think I was into cyberpunk stuff before it really had a name for me uh, as a genre, like it had its name, but I was watching, like I grew up with like Akira, like when I was a kid, watched it way too young, Um, had like (laughs) nightmares for like every night was a nightmare. Um, Ghost in the Shell and stuff like that. I just grew up with a lot of anime in that sense. I, you know, like technology was a part of growing up like most of us. Um, but in the true, sense of true. it was still very much like this side mysterious sort of thing where it was like you had your console or you had your gaming right. console, you had mm. your your massive computer. It wasn't this like supercomputer in your hand just yet. But you dreamed of the day that that might happen. You dreamed of the day that you could now what we call FaceTime, but like phone somebody and you see their face. Like that used to be a thing where we used to just mesmerize about the possibilities. And now that we are in a place where that's happening and we see AI happening and like deep fakes and all the things that was once a could it happen, um, you know, some of it is very black mirror in the sense that it's horrifying. And then the other sense is like, a lot of cool technology happening it's it's all around us it's that weird thing where art is like uh inspiring science itself to a degree because it's this like you said and all those animes mm-hmm. and and even sci-fi and cyberpunk before it like it it's like people talk about stuff from star trek and we're seeing stuff like from that that's being implemented in modern day technology so absolutely yeah, yeah and yeah. i think it'll continue to happen yeah i think yeah. like the idea of cyberpunk really kind of in a general like audience perspective really fueling our imaginations of like what we can have possibly in the future like you were saying just iPhones and like FaceTime is just a dream that maybe hopefully one day we might be able to get to and then now all of those realities are existing so where do we go you know like totally. what is our next cyberpunk like what is our next like metaverse cyberpunky like yeah. reality I- that we can dream of I mean, I guess I think like that that's definitely like the cyber portion of it, right? Like the the high tech um, reality that we're in. Um, but the punk part of it is like all of the dysphoria of like what happens when all of that high tech like advancement is there for the for society, but there's this like inability to benefit from the luxuries that it promises. And people are ripped apart like by like the socioeconomic divide of can Mm. you afford the technology that's promised to you? And that's where the punk portion of it comes into. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. um, reflective of like what we're seeing in society and what we'll like unfortunately continue to see. Yeah, I I think if I have it right, like cyberpunk as a genre came out of like the 60s and the 70s where there was Mm -hmm. so much um, like political divide and stuff like that coming out of like the Vietnam War and things like that. And so there's this huge mistrust of like, government and big corporations and stuff like that. So I don't think that that um, 
sense has gone away anywhere. I think more than ever, we're talking about so much more of what happens mm-hmm. um, yeah. that it'll just continue being this ball that that mm-hmm. that rolls. Yeah. If you think about like the period of time, like Mari was talking about with the social injustice and, and just mistrust of the government, sci-fi was used as a way to discuss those types of things, like almost in code to an extent where it's like, we can't, we don't want to outright. Yeah critique the government but we're critiquing the government and it's also cyberpunk definitely even dives into the idea of mistrust of technology and of futurism because it's right it's whether the the robots are taking over the terminator or the computers have won in the matrix or in tron where there's this whole coup going on underneath our eyes inside the inside the web basically so it, it definitely dives into those darker themes and stuff as well especially in the cyberpunk um genre yeah there's a whole like depth of cyberpunk within like specifically science fiction right like you're saying is 60s and 70s and it's really bred out of this time that like we're getting all of these modern futurisms like the mid-century modern aesthetic is very futuristic and then like out of that we really get this um you know forward progression of scientific evolutionary thinking of like where we could be with technology and that like you're saying really turns into this like high tech versus low tech divide where you start Mm -hmm. seeing you know like the philip k dick stuff coming out and like all of these i think they're technically called like proto cyberpunk authors Mm -hmm. Uh, and it really kind of fuels this idea of like what is too much tech like what is too good right. like when it's are we like, too dependent and and yeah. at what point does like humanity get ripped apart from us right and it's like what makes us humans and and, and I, I think it's empathy right like empathy yeah. is the thing that that makes us different from androids and it's interesting that you talk about mid-century modern um like the the look and feel of that because yeah. there is a coldness to it to a certain degree there is like yeah. these clean lines and uh you know contemporary arch- architecture kind of shows us that there's I don't know. It's like if it's nice and clean, then there's an aesthetic appeal to it. But Mm -hmm. there isn't that sort of lived in feel either. And so I think that we're constantly questioning those things. I mean, for me, aesthetically, I went through a full RGB neon sort of vibe um, (laughs) for a very long time, you know, all cyberpunk. And then now you look behind me and it's like, more of like the like the yellow tungsten glowy yellow light lots of plants you know it's like the hyper opposite of the other side and it's like the dichotomy of wanting all that like high high high-tech neon stuff versus getting back to your roots of like being natural and i don't know a little bit more in in uh contact with the with like what we know of like being quote-unquote outside i think we're going to continue to sort of ebb and flow between the two as as technology continues to like really be a part of our lives yeah for sure it's really interesting so because you also obviously with you know smosh and gaming and smosh games and everything like you are really kind of in this forward space at the time when you were doing all of that forwarding like youtube and forwarding all of this like game tech and like you know culture in that space. So I'm sure it's a really interesting thing to rack in your brain of like, you are to this degree, like this 
culture push of gaming and tech and it's all of scary. these like, things. It's scary because you don't understand that you're doing that at the time. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, especially with anything with YouTube, back when we started in 2010, that's when I started on YouTube. Smosh mm -hmm. started in 2005 um smosh games 2012 and it's like you don't understand that you're making any sort of impact um yeah but years later down the line you're like oh i gosh that's that's what happened um yeah i i was i was listening to uh dennis fong who is the first like quake esports player who whoever won and like quote unquote like the first esports player like historically mm. but he's the guy who really made like wazd oh wow the like the key way that people play oh when interesting they, when you're on mouse and keyboard those yeah. are just the, the the keys that he used when he played which is wasd on your keyboard and most uh, most people use that for their movement now but like yeah it was what was convenient for him and by doing so people wanted to you know because it popularized the game for him hmm. people wanted to play like him and that's how it like became a widespread thing of that's how people play now. So you yeah. just don't understand the impact that you might be having um, when it's happening. But I, I think that might be a lot of like the start of cyberpunk technology where it's like it starts small and then it, it, it gets perverted in the way of yeah. either uh, – greed or corporations coming in like the way that you want to rise in politics or whatever it is like it, something right. gets corrupted within the art that starts small and i think mm -hmm. that maybe that's tied into how a lot of technology starts it's like one engineer yeah. having a, an idea and then it blows up into a way that like it i, I don't know uh, yeah i was listening to this really interesting thing recently that kind of takes that idea and faces it or points the mirror at google it's like, so Google is a prime example of that where it's like, you can't really do anything anymore without Google. It is like a central point in our culture. But as the years have progressed, like slowly and slowly, it's become less and less of the idea that it was. It was, you know, a cornerstone of a way to find things on the internet and like a search mm -hmm. engine. But now it's, 80% ad all like just pitching and taking your data. And it's this whole, like you were saying, perverted idea of this genuine thing that someone wanted to bring into the world. Yeah. And so like, it's interesting to see that in like real time in a way Hell to see yeah. how that progresses. You know, I mean, if you think about its influence, even 10, 12 years ago, Google became a verb in our vernacular. And now it's yeah. like you said, it's just grown from there to be, Wonderful and terrible at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on your point of view. So there's a really good um Ghibli anime called The Wind Rises oh. and it's all about um, you know, one uh engineer who comes up with this beautiful airplane mm -hmm. and then World yeah. War Two happens. Or maybe it's World War One, one of the wars. One of the bad big bad wars happens. One of the big wars. <laughs> the big war happens. And his technology is used as a warplane and it's like right. something that, that that was beloved in his heart um mm. gets uh turned into a war machine so so just and this is i guess the last question before we can move on i just find this really interesting because i know also like being super into you know cyberpunk and all these things and because you did you know coyote sunset uh your short film with ismahawk what a year ago now like mm -hmm. yeah 
That was fun. You, yeah, I, I, it's so Tanner fun. shared that with yeah. us, and it was it was pretty cool. Like Shit in that. your like artistic journey of that, because I know like you're acting more and more now, getting more into you know um, stunts and stuff. Like, how do you see that with your career? Like, is that something that as you're progressing, do you take into account? Do you want to do more and more of these like cyberpunk yeah. types of things? Like, what does that look? in career to you i think i i think that doing something in cyberpunk would be an absolute dream for me um i don't think that it will denote everything within my acting career and i definitely want to do more stuff um other than action i love drama and i love comedy um but cyberpunk is a very special place in my heart and a lot of it has to do with the anime that i grew up with um and then now as an adult seeing it as like i don't know i I look at something like blade runner Mm -hmm. and uh the original one and i can absolutely um like i love blade runner i I really really love blade runner um but then there's moments where it's like okay there's japanese like uh, language and uh, imagery all over the place, but no one's speaking it. And so mm. there are things like that where I'm like, I'd love to have an impact on the genre of like, well, if there's people reading it within the world, then it must mean that they can also probably speak it. And so that yeah. was kind of like my qualms with like Cyberpunk 2077, the very little that I played where I'm just like, okay, well, there's there's Japanese written everywhere. It's a language where you have to be able to speak it in order to read it so yeah where's all the people speaking it and so those are the little fixes that i would like yeah. to bring to the genre for it's, sure it's so kind of like with like a, uh, it's yeah. kind of like prey that came out earlier this year where it was like it's a setting in the 1800s that's following a native american tribe but we're gonna make them speak very like almost like west coast english to a degree and that's probably just because the actors might be from that area but it like and i think that was something that Corey had brought up when we discussed the movie was that it just it, it did take you out of it a little bit and it's mm-hmm. like they weren't willing to commit and go this is the world we've built let's have them actually speak that native language of the tribe yeah but uh, right. I, I totally get what you're talking about there's so much japanese influence in cyberpunk especially due to like the anime movies like ghost in the shell and stuff and it's also a thing that we're we're entering a time where we're just now as americans starting to get okay with reading subtitles and not being scared of them so i right. think it's it's become i think it's definitely a great time for something like that mari where not only is it a visual thing of the japanese influence but also it's it's building a world where the idea is like well this is a world where japanese has become a very large part of like a world culture almost yeah. Not just in visual, but language. Right. Because, like, something would have had to have happened in order for the rest of the world to be like, oh, now we're all speaking Japanese, right? Like, right. Men yeah. in the High Castle, um, the TV series was, like, I think a, a pretty good reflection of that. That was when the uh, the the Axis powers won World War Two. Therefore, yeah. people spoke Japanese, like, judo and jujitsu was a part of people's culture because it was enforced right so in in a cyberpunk world where there's japanese everywhere and you're in san francisco that was a forced cultural thing that would have happened into Mm. that world so people would have been speaking the language because they had to learn it from a young uh age in their schools and it was forced upon them that's why hotel 
says hoteru in Japanese instead of just hotel, right? Like, so it's like, yeah. I think, and, and then that would create a lot of struggle culturally between yeah. like, like the Japanese culture being enforced onto a cult, into, into a country that isn't inherently Japanese. So like, I think it, it mm. really leads to more of that sort of like struggle that I don't see, but I do appreciate Tron in the sense that it doesn't use any of that. It's an American mm. company. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And it's very inherently like in the uh, 82 version started by what's the old man's name? The doctor. Uh, oh, Dr. Dillinger? Gibbs. Or, no, grandpa. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Grandpa, Dr. Yes. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Gibbs, grandpa started the company. And then, so it's an American company and, and it's yeah. American all around, all throughout. And you don't see too much of the world around it, but I, I don't think that it's made so much of a um, difference upon the world, but it's called the NCOM, you know, it's not yeah. um, <laughs> taking something from cyberpunk 2077, like Arasaka right. company, you know, it's like, it's very much a, it's its own thing, not trying to steal from like right. Other yeah, it's it's stuff. Yeah. yeah, like it's 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 saying, oh, isn't Japanese art and and lettering cool? But we're not ever good. We're not going to touch on it. We're just we just want it in the background because it's cool or right. something. Versus like, yeah. let's implement this. Yeah, as a setting and like a set piece. Yeah, instead exactly. of like an actual point or plot yeah. or anything yeah. that has to do with like because it would have much more of an impact in culture if if we saw it everywhere. You know, right, yeah. not just as an accessory piece. Yeah. And, and I will say like Man in the High Castle is a very like dark way of thinking about mm, it. But like right. it could be that uh, a company like Google w was like a Japanese company. Right. And they yeah. did not cater to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they didn't make it a point to like change their their website into mm -hmm. English speaking and Spanish speaking and whatnot. They were just like, yeah. nope, this is how it is. And now we also own your security measures. We own your email and everything. You're going to have to figure it out and learn Japanese because this is a Japanese company. It, it, it right. would be something drastic like, like that that would have to happen um, where people's, I don't know, everyday lives would have to change. So I don't know. I, I think that ties wow. into a dystopian sort of like dark um, yeah. <laughs> future. You yeah, know? for sure. <laughs> Which is definitely like, you know, like you're saying, one of the key aspects of cyberpunk is you're yeah. in this like dystopia and needing someone to like fight back against. Right. Mm, and the, I'm not like, saying like ruling. in order to yeah, use yeah. the Japanese language, we have to be the bad ones. Like, <laughs> right. I'm not no, saying no, no. that, but like there has to be a reason why it's there, you know? That's and, usually like, the right. bad, that's usually the, the easy layup that they do is like, we'll just, we'll just make the other country the bad guys. Like, we, we'll just, we'll just make it easier. Like, um, Maybe not do that anymore. That's kind of it's problem now. Yeah, it's very it's like, American. It's of either us, that yeah. or like yes. just set it in Japan. You know, it's like right, <laughs> literally anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Can I ask I, a question. Yeah, no, and maybe it should have been way before now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and represent uh, maybe the general audience because really, honestly, up until um, this week, I was not distinguishing cyberpunk from steampunk was very confused nice. as to how Tron had anything to do with like plague doctor masks with goggles and I was like I was like <laughs> whatever and then I started googling things um and I was like oh yeah these are way different things okay so what makes cyberpunk cyberpunk I think for for, for anyone that maybe doesn't know like myself um, I, I can I can take a jab at it, but I think I'm probably going to be missing out on a lot of stuff. But I, I would have, say I have, the 
Oh, do, do you have do do you have the wiki? I was just gonna say I have like a I have a Wikipedia pulled up. <laughs> it's it's a quote from Lawrence Person. He attempted to define the content and ethos of cyberpunk, and it's literally the quote says. Classic cyberpunk characters were marginalized, alienated loners who lived on the edge of society in a generally dystopic futures where daily life was impacted by rapid technology change, a ubiquitous data sphere of computerized information, and an invasive modification of the human body. Okay, so I'm going to throw it back to Mari and see if she can put that in layman's terms. Right, exactly, yes. That was a lot of jargon. You made it worse. So (laughs) I did make it worse. Lawrence made it worse. (laughs) Blame it on Lawrence. So yeah. It's always the Lawrences. Mari, explain it to me like I'm seven. Uh I would say there there's a big divide between rich people and poor people. (laughs) And there's a lot of technology that should be available to everybody. And this technology could mean um changing your body parts for robot parts. It could mean um, technology that makes your life better um, or just highly advanced technology. But because it's uh, not available to everyone, most of the stories that happen in cyberpunk uh, follow the folks who Mm -hmm. are like disenfranchised and not able to kind of attain all of that. The the luxury of high tech. Whoa. You're like, you're literally describing L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology like, <laughs> writings. Well, Scientology <laughs> is it cyberpunk? Is oh my god! Uh, okay. is, <laughs> is Scientology cyberpunk? Is a hilarious way to start this. Okay, so essentially, if oh my if we god. wanted to create a cyberpunk <laughs> world right now, we could just essentially say to have internet access, you have to make so much money a year. That way, all information's in the hands of wealth, and you have to pay eight dollars for a Twitter yeah. account. Yeah, yeah, and like, and then, and mm-hmm. therefore, um, and then, and then, to start poorer people have don't have all the access, and then it obviously creates this even right. larger gap. And okay, okay, all right, all right, no, I got it now. Thank you, Mari. That was more yeah. helpful than Lawrence person. <laughs> I mean, I will say with that definition in mind, I do think that the 1982 Tron is a very, very like low-key version of the potential mm-hmm. of like the cyberpunkiness yeah. that it could get to um yeah. it of course has like the david and goliath sort of story yeah. um flynn is our punk right. in this situation but you know i mean he's still a he's still kind of a corpo in that sense um yeah. he was he was working 100%. for the man and then he just got like unceremoniously fired and then his stuff got stolen um you know, but but it's like, but he's still he's still kind of uh, is is doing all right. But he's yeah. yeah yeah. But but I think that there's a lot more potential in our 2022 version for it to be a for bit sure. more. Mm-hmm. I don't know more underbelly storylines and all that stuff. Yeah, more divisive in like like class, yeah, class divide, divide type more corporate way. corruption. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, crime and politics and all that stuff. All the good stuff, guys. I'm so that, excited. Yeah. All the All good, the good happy stuff. stuff. You know, rogue AI. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah. That was all really <laughs> bad. That was all really cool for me. I don't I've never dove too deep into cyberpunk. Um in a visual that media. actually really surprises oh, me. Dude, I watch y'all I watched Blade Runner and I spent an entire thirty minutes on a podcast one time talking about how much I loathed it. 
So oh, interesting. Why? Well, I I think I actually think that makes a really good point because a lot of cyberpunk actually has um, overlap in a lot of their storylines are very yeah. noir, oh, God, and you hate noir. noir. So like you really wouldn't dive. What into about Westworld? Did you enjoy Westworld? I've seen none of Westworld. I Altered am Carbon. love Westworld. Fascinated. Oh. What do you watch? Now I've read a lot of JG Ballard and he reads. I've read he a reads lot of JG Ballard and I've read a lot of Harlan Ellison, and that's very much what y'all are describing. Like, so I think that like yeah. I've read Cyberpunk, never barely watched okay. it. Okay. So. Okay. Right. Um. Wow. Well. Corey opened us to questions, so I just want to get us to our bits where we have questions, because this movie is fucking wild, <laughs> right? Like, this, there's some <laughs> shit going on in this movie. Uh, Corey literally, Corey's by proxy question was in our group chat the other day, where he said, <laughs> so when does this movie start making sense? <laughs> and it's... A totally honest question. The movie's a little disorienting because when I started it, I, ha- I I stopped it twice in the first five minutes to make sure I didn't start in the middle. Like, I was confused because I fair. felt like I got dropped halfway into a movie. And so I was like, this, I, someone's already watched half of Tron on my account. I don't know. And, and I'm like, no, this is the beginning. All right. I just feel yeah. like there's a whole world that exists that I don't know nothing about. So that's that's it. It just took a while. For me to find the plot. It's not the typical, like, we're going to ease you into the world. It's not like we're taking a minute to get you set up to go to Oz. It's like, oh, by the way, we're just dropping you in. And here's the wizard and here's all this stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's, and then we're also saying (laughs) scientific jargon on top of it. So you're like, what, what's happening? Where, where did I, wait, where's Dorothy? This movie literally like at a breakneck speed grabs you by the hand and then like drags you along and then. Any question you ask of it, it's like, shut up. We're just moving. And it's just like, doesn't explain anything. And it's just like, you're here now. Just fucking live with it. And you're like, oh, okay. Save I all guess questions for the out. end of the ride at the gift shop. All right, moving on. <laughs> right. I don't think I got through it the like, first time. Exactly. Really? I was just like, this is, this is a strange one. Yeah, it is weird. But yes, it's a very disorienting yeah. kind of movie at, at first. I love the end of Tron because it just wraps up with Flynn in a helicopter. And you're like, that's it. <laughs> that's the end you gotta stop the, the end is like all right he's the corpo now he he's is the, corporation. the corporation good and job everybody end. it's charlie and the chocolate factory that's all that ending is it's you yeah. now own the mm-hmm. thing you're a big business we got to the climax get out let's get out don't dwell any longer than you need to that's that's the name of the game honestly his arcade looked way also cooler but in sort of a helicopter <laughs> he was in a flying <laughs> elevator true. So. Truth. that's true yeah, yeah. Helicopter. Helicopter. The status of the elite can fly. Okay, next question. We do have a patron question. uh, We've pitched to our patrons that our next movie that we're doing, and they're able to ask us questions about the movie that we're doing. So we do have one question. Why does hacking in 1982 look like typing instructions into an old school text-based adventure game? (laughs) Why is that? The hacking in the eighties. Do you want to probably continue? because it was? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's new. Right. It's DOS, guys. Come on. It's honestly probably right. how it was. I think in 1982, if you like half the battle of hacking was getting access to a computer. Like, right. It was it was the real chore. Once you I got do. it, it was a little more yeah. you know easy. 
I wonder like what the best hacking movie has been. Like what what which one has been uh like the most accurate. Hackers. Yeah, the most accurate. Yeah. Definitely not okay. Swordfish. <laughs> but I do love Swordfish. Don't get me wrong, Swordfish do you, do you is incredible. you remember how he gets the job? That's not how hacking is done. <laughs> Absolutely. God, you can dream, can't you? <laughs> yeah. Man, what are look, Johnny Mnemonic, definitely not. Guys, are you Definitely telling me that it. the Matrix isn't um, accurate? Come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> Maybe one day, Nick. Maybe, Maybe one, one day. day it's accurate. War Games. War Games seems legit. War Games. War Games is listed here. Sneakers. Uh, uh, as, as good uh, ones? Sneakers as legitimate like, so hacking? Good. As like, yeah, it's saying seven, seven of them that are the most accurate uh, huh. hacker, realistic hacker movies. You got, you got Black Hat. You got Hackers. You got Girls Dragon Tattoo 23, which came out in 98. War games, sneakers, those are those are the ones that they have listed here on this site. Cloud oh, Seven. Jurassic, News. Jurassic Park sneakers didn't make it, is huh? good. I could see that. Did, didn't uh 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 how sad. Uh 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 Hold on to your butts. I mean uh, how how realistic can a hacking movie be? Like at what point are you just filming a person build a bomb? Right. Like, you have to kind of like, you have to stretch <laughs> the imagination a bit to make it yeah, a little more. You can't more just tell people, here's how you do it. Right? Right. That's so, true. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's, it's got to be pretty boring, right? Like actual oh, hacking, like it's just. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't imagine that it's cinematic to watch somebody do that. Probably not. It's a great question. Any of our listeners who are hackers, send us videos of you hacking, and we'll rate if it's entertaining <laughs> or not. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, team. <laughs> Look, if someone actually does that, I'm going to be so stoked. Like, I'm going to watch someone hack, have no fucking clue what's going on. And I personally probably would Yeah, I mean, it is a genuine question. Like, what does real hacking look like? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But I definitely think text-based adventure games were probably for a lot of hackers. I feel like there's a big, like, Venn diagram of people who hacked and people who played text-based adventure games were a very... Very good overlap probably, of the diagram. Probably, yeah. And I, th- I think yeah. if you want to tackle the question on a realistic basis, in 1982, they probably just security for these systems probably didn't really like weren't that great because it's like who has a computer, right? Like whoever has a computer works for us. So, like, right. right. The, com- <laughs> the computer's the size of That's this reasonable. room. We don't have to worry about it being stolen. So it's also like the producers being like, we need somebody to um, program something that looks like a hacking device that we can right. film. So who that knows how sense. to make right. that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then one person's like, well, I've programmed a game before. It's like, that works. You're hired. Yeah. <laughs> you're hired. You. Write us out you're a program, the guy. son. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. That question was from Rob Hughes. Thanks, Rob. Rob. And if you guys want to pitch uh, questions, hit us up on Patreon. Go check us out uh, and throw us some questions for our next films. My question I do have is a doozy (laughs) because this has come up a couple of times in movies and I'm getting tired of having to ask this fucking question. Why was this story almost, barely almost, about Flynn and Lori getting together when obviously Flynn and Ram had way more chemistry? Like, this was a gay love story that, <laughs> like, you witness and you're like, oh, shit, they're about, oh, my God. It's a human program love story. <laughs> yeah. 
I was like, oh my God, this is, this is so beautiful. And then they just hard cut to like Flynn, like trying to make out with Lori. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Oh no, he didn't try. He, he did make out. Well, I guess try, I'm trying to make sense of why he's making out with her is what, yeah. Like the answer is that it's Hollywood and we got to have a romance tanner. And well, people uh, aren't just comfortable with that yet in 1982. So uh, but why, why so heavily, so heavily give this, I mean, there's like 10 solid seconds at one point where they're just like looking at each other and it's like quiet and they're just holding each other. And I'm like, if you're not really comfortable with this in the eighties, why is this here? Like you're because they felt the chemistry and, like, and they said, wink, we got, we got to lean wink, super wink. hard the other way. So, so nobody thinks twice about it. Honestly, I feel like we dropped like a few pages in the script uh, of their backstory and mm-hmm. a little bit more that happened. Absolutely. Maybe there's a director's cut. Maybe the director's cut needs to be released. Oh, my God. Please. <laughs> Can you imagine please. a three-hour 1982 I need this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Reading <laughs> no. reading about oh the God. movie, you, you pick up real quick that like reading the synopsis because you're like, what the hell just happened? And you're like, oh, she was his ex. And now she's dating Alan. And so she knows that it's Flynn that's hacking in. And that's their connection. And then there's mm-hmm. also a lot of filling in the gaps because the actress, uh, Cindy Johnson, I think, who played uh, Lori, had, was saying she was trying to make sense of that scene where it's like she's, she's part of Lori is in her. So when she sees Flynn, you know, there's something that there's a con- she knows there's a connection there. She just doesn't know what it means. And you're like, that's mm. a lot. That's a lot of a stretching yeah. going on there that you're doing there. But- that's how computers work. Yes, yes. <laughs> my it's like my iPhone being recognized when I plug it into my PC and, and my PC going, I think I know you. <laughs> Hello. I've, I've seen, seen you, you before. before. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why there is any love interest in that movie. It's so right. unnecessary. It makes no because sense. Because as a woman and we got to sell it's tickets, most- don't you understand? Uh, yeah. Because because this woman, if she's if a woman is in this film, she has to be there yeah. for the man. She can't have I her really, own agency. It's she's really there for the man. Appreciate uh, action movies that that don't have it. I can I can I, I can't oh, name absolutely. too many, but they're what Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, Fury yeah. Road. I think Fury, there was Fury yeah. Road. That's that's one. John we got Wick. One guys. John Wick. Yes. Yes. Didn't didn't star a woman though. So I guess there's that. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Terminator two. Yes. 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 But no, I'm I'm assuming that's Tanner's question. Like, yeah, that was my no, question. You're right. You're right. There was definitely chemistry there. I think it's, if nothing else, it's just a Nightmare on Elm Street two situation where there's a lot of subtext. Yeah. That a lot of you subtext can just there. choose to pick up on. Yeah. What? What? Choose what your is own adventure. Ram's like last words, isn't it? Like, make sure you help Tron. Like, yeah, yeah look, mm-hmm. I mean, without those <laughs> words, would he have really helped out Tron? Who knows? He, you know, Ram, Ram's, Absolutely Ram's not. last words. He's just, he's doing the last wishes yeah. of his beloved. That's what he's doing. <laughs> That's canon now. Uh, Mari, did you have any questions about um, this movie? Yeah, and this is probably something Googleable, but um, I, on the, when I was watching it on, what, uh, Prime Video, those little trivia things pop up. Oh. And the first trivia thing oh, yeah. was that Tron was disqualified from receiving an Academy Award for special yes. effects because mm-hmm. at that time the Academy Whoa. felt like using CGI was cheating. Um, and, and I, and I and my question is like, 
when did that change? Why did that change? Was it political or was it just kind of like, that is interesting. Uh, you know, the old guard being like, you're not allowed to use your fancy computer tricks now. <laughs> what do you mean? We have human beings to do these sort of things. That is interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. That was something that I I picked up on too mm-hmm. when looking at some IMDb fun facts and stuff. But and I think the answer is because it it was a very much the first of its kind movie, which was you know I think it said it used at least twenty minutes or so of CGI stuff, which is just crazy to think about in nineteen eighty two. So it was very like polarizing for that community of of the Hollywood elite because they were like, well, this is a this isn't a movie. Yeah. But I think, but when you think about it, it's like computer CGI was probably still being used at the time, just in smaller ways, like probably in Star Wars and in in different films like that, just not in the very in your face way that Tron did. And so I think, Mm. I don't know the answer to that question. It's a great Googleable question, but I think it's just an answer of like you were saying, Mari, it's like they just old people set in their ways of what a movie is and slowly over time realizing like, right. Well, it made dinosaurs cool, so we think it'll. It, it, it should. It, I think it's a movie now. It's a movie now. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's. We're gonna yeah. have the same sort of like resurrection of the same question of is it a movie once like deep fakes become really really good, where it's like yeah. a, oh, yeah. a completely deep faked movie or like the first mm-hmm. AI written movie, the first like you know like the the first thing that is quote unquote the other uh, where it's like not enough humans working on it sort of thing um Mm. where we'll have the question again of like well is it cheating is this really a movie is this yeah qualifiable like when do we give it credit yeah you almost have the same conversation with uh motion capture performance because forever everyone's like andy circus why has he not been nominated Mm -hmm. oh yeah because he's played so many roles with motion cap and you think of uh josh brolin as thanos so but yes. people still aren't, they're not willing to give right. them the, the due diligence of like, yes, the performance is there. But. Agreed. Yeah. I think like, specifically with mocap coming off of like, uh, you know, Josh Brolin in these like mm-hmm. Avengers movies. I think because of the big names and big stars that yeah. are now in them mm-hmm. doing those, I think that door is being opened. And I wonder if it was a similar thing of like, when CGI was you know obviously this one's extremely heavy tron but like as more and more and more celebrities like a list stars we're getting Mm -hmm. into like yeah more heavy Mm -hmm. cgi i wonder if that was like their force it was benedict cumberbatch's smile that really put put, really put actors on the map (laughs) (laughs) crawling on the on the floor just (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I imagine yeah. that it is. If you, I'm sure we could dive into it, but I imagine the Oscars has some sort of mocap rule, just based on Avatar mm-hmm. got nominated uh, for everything yeah. except yeah. acting. I'm sure someone said doesn't count, can't count. Yeah, we don't, don't see their, their face. face not it there. don't. So count. I'm sure that it's like a rule that's in place that's hopefully, I don't know, maybe being challenged. But I don't know. Agreed. The day that yeah. deep fake Bruce hopefully. Willis wins an Oscar, I'm quitting the podcast. Like I'm done. <laughs> Like about it, it's gonna be that deep fake tom cruise guy there's a deep there's a deep oh, yeah. fake tom cruise and the deep fake keanu reeves that are tom cruise will never good. age he'll just hide behind a curtain in scientology and we'll just only see young tom cruise from now on well he's de-aging nice. oh, no okay the last question then that we'll have is so if we're bringing this from 82 to 22 
what is the change that's being made here? Good question. Uh, I, I think I, it's Ready Player One. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's like, we call it Ready Player One. And <laughs> that's so, so crazy it might different. work. No, I'm sure there's a deeper answer out there. I'm just that was that was my easy yeah. answer. I, I think Legacy did it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. was the best way to pick up the pieces. But gosh, if yeah. we're gonna go back to the original, like going going back to before Legacy, obviously, and like figuring yeah. out the Flynn story, I I would love to mm-hmm. bring it into a more gritty sort of like yeah, bringing it into the cyberpunk genre since right now it's still kind of on the edges. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be more like the remake of Blade Runner, like this grittier, more dystopic. We'd see actually more and more that, outside is, of the. Is that what's income. missing from Tron? Like, in y'all's opinion, since y'all are more um, uh, experts on this, that the world, like the real world, isn't very. There's there's not much of that, like, they don't explore that that much. Like, in 2022, we would need to introduce uh, Flynn as this guy that's had to build his own computer just to get in and hacking because they're not accessible to, you know, the the lower class. Right. Like, is that the aspect that's kind of maybe missing from Tron? Yeah, I think it changes because of the time period. Because we're talking, because the reason that Tron sits on the outskirts of cyberpunk is because it's almost like a movie that's the catalyst of of what comes before the cyberpunk world is created. It's them discovering the world underneath it. You know, it's not it's the mostly like Blade Runner and stuff. The character already lives in the, in the, in the futuristic world. And this is the discovery mm-hmm. of the future to an extent. Uh, okay. mm-hmm. um, this question reminded me that there's a pretty dark like sentence that the MCP, the master control program says in Tron where it's like, I'm tired of corporations. I want to take over the Pentagon and then the Kremlin. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like oh, yeah. th- I feel like that is the baseline of where this AI should be going. And I think, yeah. I think that's right. a more interesting story than, yeah, corporations is just one corporation. We don't really know even like the, the footprint of NCOM and like how it's integrated into like the day-to-day lives of people. But if this is an AI that is wanting to take over full on governments, I think that's a much more interesting story. <laughs> it's, that's we, medicine. A little, yeah. 100%. A little more Skynet in our Tron, guys. Just yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Like just more yeah. malicious intent. And, I and, guess. And like I think uh, Blade Runner and Tron came out very, very close, right? Like it, within Two each other. Two weeks apart. Yeah. Two weeks? Oh, okay. Okay, Two I didn't think weeks. it was that close. And they both they both were box office failures. Wow. Like I think each of them maybe got thirty three million. Oh, that's so. incredible! I love that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like I think the the stark difference, um, other than storyline, is like one one is very much more like a Disney character in the sense that Flynn is like a charismatic, likable sort of yeah um, outgoing out character. Yeah. Yeah. Very much kind of like an Indiana yeah. Jones type of character, right? Very, very smart, mm-hmm. but also kind of a buffoon. Um, and you have yep. the the, yeah. the the two together, and then you have Harrison Ford. Funny enough, Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford in um, Blade Runner, who is like not really likable in the sense of like you're not like oh I want to go out and have a beer with this guy. Yes. You know, it's just like yeah. he's right. cold and he's he's, he's trying to figure things out, but he's <laughs> <it's> terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the quintessential noir character. 
Yeah. So hundred percent. It's terrible. <laughs> that hurts, man. That hurts. <laughs> Corey, you upset the guest. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Blade Runners. Get Great. out. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no backtracking. We can talk about Greece too if you want. <laughs> I've got, okay. I've got some Let's fighting words. Hold, 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 hold on. I've got some fighting words. <laughs> Let's talk about Greece too for a minute. Corey, like... Corey just no. went backwards cat. <laughs> he just took his hat off. I think that's really interesting. So let's take that idea. Let's go to the year 2022 and let's make this a more gritty, dark Tron. 2022. Buzz Lightyear mission logs. I'm going to have some motion of all the universe. We don't know who or what will work through it. I'm vengeance. You have arrived. We would normally do like a year in review here, but we're still three quarters of the way into the year. So like we don't have a Oscar um, list or. Oscars yeah. picks like we could do a top 10 as it currently stands. But like, I can tell you looking at the top 10, it's franchises. That's that's what it <gasps> is. It's there's franchises. There's one non franchise film in the top 10. So yeah. like that's where we are in cinema in 2022. You mean we only find comfort in things that we already know? Yes. Yes, that is. <laughs> Are we stuck inside what? of an algorithm as people? Yeah. We haven't We're had that enough predictable? Of, we haven't had enough of Batman. We can't get too many Spider-Mans, and we need to know where minions come from. Oh that God. is where we are in cinema <laughs> in 2020. I think the only reason why there are more Spider-Man films is just to fulfill the meme. And now that we have done that, we can stop. Wrap it up. <laughs> Wrap it up. We can Di- stop closing now. time, guys. Disney spent $300 million to get the meme. I'll yeah. Like, and it wasn't even more. in the movie. We need one it was... more. Marvel movie pitches are all based off of memes now. They just walk in, slap it on the desk, and go, boom. Done. Money. They're like, this one got 100,000 likes on Reddit, so... uh, Someone called Tom Highland. Holland. He's fired. Tom Highland. <laughs> all right. Let's we do are it. going to cast a 2022 version of Tron. And so you guys need to bring your A game because essentially if we're making Tron in 2022, we're making Tron one of at least eight Tron films. That's our goal, right? Disney's already ordered eight films, right? That's how Hollywood (laughs) works now. (laughs) So they said, said, you're in phase one. (laughs) So um, you need to be finding actors that are willing to sign on to a decade of one role. So... um, if I feel like the actors you bring don't meet that, um, it's an automatic veto. So, yeah. Like, Shut sorry, down. Um, that person would not do that. So, what's going to happen is, Nick, you're serving as our director, which means... Yes. Mari and Tanner, you've prepared a 2022 cast list for Tron. And so, you guys will yes. take turns. You will pitch your um, actors to Nick. Um, you got to sell him on it. He is a cold, heartless casting director. Um, and so you've got to really sell them. Um, oh, no. But you have rules. You have rules because we're playing around with time travel here. We are, even though we're in present day, we did not even get in our time machine other than to just kidnap the script for Tron. Um, and that's it. We went back in time. Got it. Yanked that script. Then someone went, hey. And then we disappeared. Tron never happened. Now it's happening. 
So maybe Blade Runner has a has a chance in the box office, you know? <laughs> hey. There's now 18 Blade Runner movies because of this. So uh, <laughs> damn it. It is a it's a, it's a monster meme. franchise because of this, but now we gotta compete with it. So rule number one. Tanner and Mari, any person you cast must be currently living, like literally currently alive. In yeah, as, as of, of right today. now, they have to be able to film this movie. Um, and so, um, no casting anyone that is currently deceased. Also, rule number two: anyone you cast, they cannot be in prison or um, unable uh, to 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 film this. You know, honestly, you could almost say in twenty twenty two, if they're currently canceled. Like, maybe don't put Kanye West in this movie because people will probably, you know, boycott it. You know, like, we'll just consider that the 2020 current rule. Like, they're probably not in jail, but we may not want them in the movie. They might be in Twitter jail. So um, if they're in Twitter jail, don't don't, don't cast them, maybe. Don't worry. They've got the money to get out of Twitter jail. $8. (laughs) (laughs) $8. Yeah, $8. And I can say any horrible thing I want. Um. So, uh, and then rule number three, anyone you cast must be active, which means they have to currently be working as an actor. They have to have at least one acting credit in 2022 or prior to. Um, so it would be literally impossible for you guys to predict an actor that's coming out next year. So that, that rule is kind of irrelevant. But, so, but you guys live in Los Angeles. So if you know a guy that's first movie is coming out next year, you can't cast them. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to have to put the put the shackles on you LA folk who might know more than me. Um, and then rule number four, and this is where the stakes come in. Anyone you cast in 2022's version of Tron will lose all acting credits in 2022. Mm. They, they can only film this. We don't count TV or Broadway or directing or produ- any of that stuff. Just, just major acting just roles. film. Um, and so, um, Hey, but sometimes we burn down beautiful things here. So that's perfectly Tanner. fine. You love yeah, to see it happen. You love to see it. To just occasionally just do that. So we just love to watch the world burn sometimes, <laughs> boys. And then Nick, you're in you're in the directing throne. Um I don't know I what directors I don't know what directors sit in anymore. It used to be the little tarp chairs. I'm assuming they all still sit in those. I want the fancy um, chair that uh Master Control gave to uh, our our Ed Dillinger Sark character. I want that fancy thing. Neon lights <laughs> glowing. Yeah. Just gamer chair. Yes, gamer chair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you get power ups. Um, we're gonna give you those. Um, first first power up. But RGB yeah. is not yeah. a power up, Nick. First power up is you can at any point retroactively switch any two actors that are already on the board in roles. If you just feel like you prefer him here and you want that person there, you can do that. And sometimes that gets a little strategic towards the end when Tanner starts trying to burn things to the ground. And so and then your big one is at any point, only one time during the casting of the character, you can tell Mari and Tanner to both go to hell. And you can put your own. I can de-res them if I want to. Yes. Yes, Key words from the movie. (laughs) Oh, I'm so smart. That was nice. (laughs) Yes, you can. You can do that. You can send them to Tron and um, and and you can do that. And you can put your own person in. But your pick is still bound to the rules. So you don't have total power. Um, So. All right. That means we are going to hand this over to Nick, and you will start with our 
30 seconds or less cast, which we describe this as actor, like characters we loved, but we don't want to talk a whole lot about them. And they're not bound to the rules. You can go willy nilly buck wild on the 30 seconds or less. Nick, you're the director handing it over. to Woo. All right. 30 seconds or less. So to start this thing off, this is the order of the 30 seconds or less cast. We have Peter or the assistant lieutenant in the Tron world. MCP, Master Control Program, for those of you that at home. Crom and Dr. Walter Gibbs, or Dumont, in the grid itself. So, Tanner, are you ready? Uh, yeah, I am ready. Okay, Mari, are you ready? I, I'm ready. Mari's the guest, so she gets to go first. Oh, no. And we didn't say this yet. This is the second time she has been on this podcast, because we did put her in that's, one of our other films. That's true. So she is oh, technically wow. alone. Well, you've oh. been cast on him recast. You have been cast. What did we cast her in? Uh we cast her in um uh what was the movie? Show Enough. Yo my gosh. We cast Martin the Last Dragon. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. The Last Dragon? Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I was the director. I got a I job. That. I got a You're job. Welcome. Yes. You got a job. Yes. <laughs> We're hired. Work, work, work. Mari, you are put welcome. It on my IMDb. I, I would have chose that. Um, nice. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and I am pretty sure like two days before I had watched the Survivor episode. And so I was like, she's fresh on the brain. <laughs> she's in. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. And just, hey, before we start, I would like to just give a shout out to the actors that played these roles. Peter is played by Stuart Thomas. MCP is voiced by our villain, mm-hmm. David Warner. Crom uh, is played by Peter Jurassic. That's a nice. badass last That's name. That's amazing. And Dr. Walter Gibbs Dumont is played by Bernard Hughes, also of Lost Boys fame, Grandpa. So Woo. just needed Grandpa. to give those guys a shout out. So Nick, you start when you're ready. Mari, you will go first. Okay. We're going to start at the bottom. First up, Peter or Assistant Lieutenant. Mari, who do you got? I can't say his name, but he plays the mountain in Game of Thrones. So <laughs> Thor, Thor Oh my god, that's incredible! Yeah, it's something Bjornson, but uh, it's a yes. H A F and half of a B O R. Is this first? Bjornson, it is that we'll go with. Tanner, who do you have? <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm going with a Swede, uh, Joel Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman. Oh, okay, okay. Of of the rogue. from Altered Carbon. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I love I love the idea of Thor marching around in in cyber gear. Let's oh, move God, there. The mountain's so funny. MCP Mari. Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Oh, okay. Whoa. Oh fuck. Oh, damn. <laughs> Matt Mercer. Uh, Matthew Mercer. Matt Mercer. Okay. All right, we'll, we'll have fun with it. I'll give you Matt Mercer. We'll, we'll go with that. That'll be fun. Yes! Um, I'll explain later, Corey. Crom, uh, <laughs> Mari. Randall Park. Oh, so good! Okay, okay. And Tanner. Rice Darby. Rice Dar- I don't know that name. I'll go with Randall Park. Oh, <laughs> uh, damn. You gotta see his face, okay. Nick. He's all well, over the place. <laughs> fly, fly to the um, Concords. Oh, uh, the, the werewolf yes, and man. what we do in the shadows. The werewolf. Uh, oh. Oh. Werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> um, all right, last yes, one. Last one. I love how that's that's the one thing you that gotta know how to like, sell oh. it. You gotta know how to sell it. All right, last one. Doctor Walter Gibbs, Mari. Oh, I'm I'm going with Lance Reddick. 
Lance Reddick. Ooh, he's got a, an nice. amazing voice. He he's uh, Zavala in Destiny, the video game, and I just feel like you would hear a lot more of his voice oh, than dang. really see him yeah, too okay. much. Oh, this guy. Oh, that guy. Okay, all right. Okay. He's also in um, uh, John Wick. Yeah, runs runs right. the hotel. Of, yeah. But yes. I hear his voice in Destiny. More than got anything. it. Tanner, your counter. Bruce Dern. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, oh. good. that's good Bruce Dern is just the guy that's like trapped there at the door and he's just like I don't want to fucking deal with this shit anymore guys <laughs> it's it's amazing that um, Lance Reddick it says that he's 60 years old but he does not look it he does, that's he insane does not. That he's, he's 60 years old he, he really should look a lot older but I, I want his voice but I, I, he needs to look older Bruce He's Stern right. definitely looks like a, you know, a, a haggard old man who started NCOM in his garage. You've argued yourself out of my pick. I know, Maurice. I know, I know. <laughs> what have you, I was about to, I was like, oh, that's true. Yeah, he's got to be trapped in there a little bit. Doesn't he? Okay, we'll go with Bruce Stern there. And that'll wrap up our 30 seconds Bruce, or less. Bruce, 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 Bruce. Bruce, Bruce. <laughs> I'm Googling Lance Reddick's diet right now. <laughs> yeah, for real. Okay. Well, that's that was a fun thirty seconds or less. It might not have been thirty seconds, but we don't we don't count around here, okay? Nah, Nobody's I don't think watching we've ever the watch. Hit thirty seconds, so. <laughs> not once in our lives. There's one listener out there that's like, Mike, that was too just minutes. so mad every time. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the main cast, which we will start again at the bottom with Ram. I was an actuarial program. Worked for a big insurance company. It really gives you a great feeling helping folks plan for their future needs. And of course, if you think of the payments as an annuity over the years, the cost is really quite minimal. Yeah, that's great. Or as he's also in the real world, he's listed as Popcorn Coworker. So for, to give a quick rundown, Ram was an actuarial program who worked for a big insurance company before being captured by the MCP and forced to play on the game grid. While held captive, he met and befriended Tron and accompanied him and Kevin Flynn on their escape from the light cycle grid. Really, that should say that he befriended Kevin Flynn because we all know that's the true bromance of this movie. So, not even bromance. So baby. yeah, he romance. He, he brings he, he brings a bit of levity to the to the story. He's he's there to kind of bounce off of uh, Flynn a little bit, and then also. He does a great job of building sympathy for him to where he, when he gets derezzed, you're like, no, we really liked you. And so mm-hmm. that is who Ram is in a nutshell. Who play, who, what actor portrays um, Dan, Ram. Dan Shore or Dan Shar? He is known for being in <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Dan as short bullshit. He's Billy the Kid. Yeah. He's Billy the Kid. Also may have been recognized lovable, in Air Force One. Billy the Kid. Yes, 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 yes. So it all. It all makes sense now. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! Did not recognize him at true, all because he doesn't true, smile true. in yeah. Bill in like Bill and Ted, and he smiles the entire time. What, even yeah. when he's, he's got that funky in helmet Tron, on, he's smiling. Yes. So. One fun fact for him is that Dan was walking down the street after they d- got done shooting, and one of the artists, computer artists, came up to him and saw, recognized him and went, "I hate your nose." And he's like, "What?" He's like. I have to draw Jesus. every cell of every sh- every frame of your nose in this movie because there's like it's all extensive process that they did for this. I, I can't it would be Incredible. too much jargon to jump into. But basically, there's a lot of steps. And one of them was like 
outlining and tracing them and stuff. And so it was just a funny moment. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. So to kick things That's off, awesome. Mari, you went first in 30 seconds or less. So Tanner, I will let you go first here. So give us your ramp, Tanner. <sighs> okay. I have my IMDb ready. Don't worry. Okay. No, you don't need IMDb for this guy, okay. hopefully. Okay. All right. Um, it's literally, it's like from the bottom. <laughs> everything. This, this is the linchpin of my entire cast. Okay. Is like who I who I have oh, no. for Ram. So I'm I'm <gasps> I'm making a big decision. Here. Okay. So, right. So his whole thing, Ram's whole thing, right, is like he is the light. He is just like this fun guy that you're just kind of rooting for the whole time, yeah. knowing that this man is dead. You, you oh, know, he's totally going to oh, die in the second, he's no second one. act. This is definitely the red shirt of this movie. <laughs> like he's gone, but he just needs to have this like sunshine that you just really buy into okay. and want to help him. Yes. Nicholas Holt has that in spades. Mm. Okay. All right. Known okay. for the X-Men movies for being in Mad Max yeah. Fury Road. Yes. That's going to be like the big things. He also did the Warm. Tolkien uh, movie. Yes. Warm Bodies. Um, you might know him from. This year, he is in The Menu, which, as of recording, has not released. So, it is impossible for me to know it's, if it is good or not. It's an ensemble piece. So, he's yeah. only third billing. He's got two other people. <laughs> yeah. He's only third billing on the, on the cast list. And Anya Taylor-Joy. Taylor Taylor ahead of Janet McTeer, yeah. though. So, I mean, it's, it, it, you know. But he, like, in all of his career, he has played that guy that's just kind of like, oh, I'm just kind of excited to be here. And, like, I'm I'm just living. And, like, if I could really get out of this place and do my own thing, that'd be swell. And, like, you're just like, oh. I'm two weeks buddy. from leave. I'll get to see my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, is there is there a point where Ram ever pulls out his digital wallet and shows a picture of his, like, program wife? If, and, like, if how he, he did, Nicholas Holt would be like, hey, Nick, can I? I know this isn't written in there. Can I have a wallet and, like, show, <laughs> show Flynn oh my, gosh. my family oh my God. programs? <laughs> <laughs> This is my wife, Rom. No, it's Rom. <laughs> when I get out of here, I'm going to give her a big O kiss. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, exactly. oh, going to die. <laughs> and you just just rooting for him, Nicholas Holt. Okay, all right. That's a strong, strong, strong start there. I, I like what you're what you're what you're stepping in there, Tanner. So, Mari, give me your your Ram. Who do you have? Okay, this one through five different castings. Okay, but I have um, there you go. I settled on Aquafina. Now, Ram has this, um, the first, one of the first lines that Ram says is, uh, I've been stuck in here for 200 microcycles. Can you just tell me what's going on out there? And, and I feel like Aquafina has the, oh, um, yeah. the delivery the, for the, that. Yeah, the comedy chops to, to not only um, immediately have the audience root for the character, but also, you know, be able to talk with Flynn and kind of have good rapport there as like these two <laughs> funny characters and then also yes. be really, really warm and, and, and empathetic uh, towards Tron. Okay. 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 Yes. <laughs> and also, and as a popcorn worker, wait, is this, is this correct? What's the popcorn coworker? Is this the one that says, Hey, can so I get some popcorn the, from your desk? Yeah. It's literally just that yeah, one just moment the, just in the, the office. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Again, they don't do the best job setting up the Kansas to the Wizard of Oz of this world. <laughs> it's like blink and you'll miss right. it. Like, hey, he's important. You'll see him later. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they don't it's look exactly the same. It, it took a right. while until until it clicked for me. Mm-hmm. But but I also like to think of Aquafina in war in like. Uh, I think she does well in with characters that have like boring jobs mm-hmm. in the real life in, in like in, mm-hmm. in in the real world. And so her being like an insurance program type of work, I think is funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's really funny. Uh, a role, really a role funny. that you might, that could be comparable is her role in uh, Shang-Chi where she's kind mm-hmm. of the best buddy. That's, that's there for some levity moments, but also gets involved in different ways in the action has her own sort of subplot going on at the same time. Yeah. And I can, I can, I can also see her getting really into, um, uh, training and being like good at the game because Ram yeah. is quite good at, mm-hmm. at playing. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah, because I, th- I think that's one conversation mm-hmm. to be had about this version of the movie is you might th- the cast might the age might come down just a little bit because in the original one they're they all seem more thirties and forties. I don't know where you guys are sitting at it, but you think of gamers or people that are technologically savvy, you think more millennials and Gen Z type people. So. It, it, right. it makes more sense. Definitely, I think it's going to skew younger yeah, for sure, in this for sure. era. Yeah. Yes, us um, millennials are definitely younger. Yes, we're still still young. <laughs> very young. Yes, yes. <laughs> very much so. Um, but yeah, I think I think the decisive argument in this in this comparison is the idea that uh, you you want a little bit of that uh, energy that Mari's talking about with Aquafina is the Don't being able to. <laughs> Being able to kind of have <laughs> don't really pivot pain. my entire the cast right Tanner, now. I've, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so. How, how do you put yourself into this situation? This is, the, this is the, this is not the main character. This is not the villain. You have. I live That's dangerously. How he likes to live. Oh God. Okay. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll put start everything now. on red. Start, okay. It's it's Aquafita, Tanner. Yep. I'm sorry. That's my life. We're we're, okay. we're we're starting over okay. here. So. Okay. <laughs> I hope okay. that I hope that you like Mari have our five deep per character, but I have the sense that you're not. But it's okay. I, yeah. I'm okay. I started making a cast before I remembered I'm not casting or directing on here, and I actually had Jacob battle on, and I feel like, and I and I, it was yeah. the same thing. I needed the buddy. I needed the best friend. So I was like. I think he plays the perfect Peter Parker best friend, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. my Ram. But the I'm other cry people that dies. I had was Justin Bartha, who is um, yeah. the like the hacker geek in National Treasure. Um, okay. Mindy nice. Kaling yeah, 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 yeah. and BJ Love Novak. Him. I could go with any of those. BJ, all, all of those, yeah, yeah. yeah, all of those could have been. Re- <laughs> no, those are all better than Tanner's. Those are no, no matter who you played, look, Tanner would have lost. Look, if you could see the overview of what no. I created, see the vision, it would have made sense. <laughs> you just need the total story. I look forward to seeing oh. what Tanner had in mind originally. And I like what he it. will have to appear yeah. to. Tanner Tanner Tanner's not mechanical in his casting. <laughs> he, he's an artist. He paints a whole picture and we just we just climate changed through gravy yeah. on his Mona Lisa and glued our hand in the wall and said, Not pretty anymore, buddy. Good luck. Okay. Oh my god, I'm sitting here chiseling, chiseling this artwork Losing and you come in mind. with a sledgehammer. Oh While you're re- pivoting, Tanner, I will jump into the next character on our list, which is Laura. 
and Yori, her counterpart in the grid. Yori. 3056. 99 are correct. Limited 4 and 8 are missing. Oh, my. Tron. Oh, I knew you'd escape. They haven't built a circuit that could hold you. Laura is played by Cindy Morgan. Uh, she was a newcomer at the time. Her biggest movie to that date was a Caddyshack. Uh, Laura Baines Bradley, the character, is a programmer and scientist who wrote Yori and together with Walter Gibbs built NCOM's digitizing laser in Tron. Uh, ex-girlfriend of Flynn, she warns him of Dillinger becoming aware of his hacking once Alan's program Tron shuts down due to Flynn's hacking. So she's kind of the connective tissue. Mm -hmm. She's used, her character is used to kind of put everyone together in the same room to be like, hey, we got to do something about this guy. He's he's ruining everything. And that's what somewhat uh, jumps us into the story to an extent. So uh, Laura herself, uh, it's it's that, like we talked about a lot, it's she's pushed, forced into a the romantic role a lot, which doesn't come off naturally. It's I wish they had made her no. really leaned into the fact that she also is a programmer and scientist. You know, she helped build the laser that literally sends him into the grid, you know, but we're not going to touch on that too much. But I feel like in our version, we will we will. We'll, we'll not make that. Make Give, that her Give her some agency. Give her some agency. That's the word. Thank you. Thank you. So the other fun fact about Cindy Morgan is that she, when she went to her tr- fitting for the Tron suit, which none of them knew they were wearing skin tight stuff. They, they lit one of uh, the guy who played Alan was like, where are the pants? <laughs> and so where are the pants? They had to have a, uh, I believe it's called a ballet skirt for, for Jeff Bridges. Yeah, that could be wrong, but, just be, it was basically a modesty ballet skirt. He had oh, to like wear a, a modesty. Cl- yes, he had to wear a modesty cloth because oh, yeah, yeah, because it's a Disney movie, like a dance. Yeah. Belt yes, style. that's yeah. there. It is there. It is. Thank you. Dance. He had to yeah. wear a dance belt for modesty reasons. And then Cindy got in her suit. Immediately said, "I'll be back. I'm going to the gym until I lose five pounds." <laughs> and then and did it. Oh and my god! Came back. So lots wow. of lots of stress as an actor. Many different many different many different views of it. So, Tanner, I have bought you time, and I'm going to buy you a little more because in our rules, you make it, you take it. So, Mari. That's the truth. Who is your Laura? Um, so, in this 2022 version, as I talked about um, being annoyed by romance in all the movies that we have to watch, um, yes. I'm nixing uh, the romantic uh, love interest in this. Got it. And Woo! Laura is going to be played by Riz Ahmed. Um, who you might know oh, from Rogue One, um, and Sound of uh, Metal, Sound of Metal, um, yeah. and a small part in Nightcrawler. I yes. I love this actor. Oh. I I love Riz Ahmed. I just want to see him in mm-hmm. more stuff. Um, and I don't really know how else like, uh, Laura Laura's character Yori is going to be uh, used, but I do think that it it can be a much more interesting role she's obviously um like a what technician that's very she's, close to the doctor yeah, like an engineer yeah. she's a pro she's yeah, yeah she's a programmer herself just like alan and uh and flynn so she and she literally like i said she literally helps design the laser so which is a real laser by the way in that movie but it it doesn't obviously send anyone to a grid sadly it looks just like the honey i shrunk the kids laser just yes, saying 100 percent 
probably I think yes. a same one. There. Yes, <laughs> same same laser. Yeah, I I was <laughs> yeah. disappointed when he didn't shrink. Was, well, I mean, technically, I Corey, he did better. shrink into a million little bits into a game That's grid. True. So technically, true. yes. Technically, it's the Willy Wonka laser. This whole yeah, movie is yeah. just an extended sequence of the TV section, Mike TV yeah. section of Willy Wonka. That's all. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, so that's my pick. Okay, so we got Riz Ahmed. We're 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 saying screw the romantic storyline. We're gonna we're really leading into the programming. Give them more agency in the storyline. And Mari has set us in that route by saying we're making him a dude. So let's yeah. go with it. Rock and roll, Tanner. Who do you have now for your yeah for your choice? Yeah, so you can continue to. You could, this is where you so. have Aquafina. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, my god! <laughs> so what? What I'm pivoting to is I'm I'm also <laughs> not keeping. I I fucking hate that she is like a romantic interest in a movie that. There's absolutely no need for it. So I wanted to give Laura, which I think I've been calling Lori as a mix between Laura and Yori. Sure. Um, I wanted to make sure she had like her own, like we were saying, agency, her own like personality. She's just her own person. She's not really dependent on these other people. She's her home program who don't need no user. Okay. There there we go. um, And someone that I thought really kind of plugs this like kind of punky like energy that I'm seeing here. You've seen her recently in a lot of stranger things. Um, her name is Maya Hawk. So she just has that like ability to just be very much like, Oh, I don't, I'm just running my own race. Mm. Like, I don't really care if like you're involved, but like she has this idea of like, or this feel, I guess of like, hey, we're cool, we're friends, but, like, this isn't a romantic thing, and, like, still have her own sense of, yeah, that's a programmer, that's a that's an engineer. She could totally be building this fucking laser and have, like, her own punk interests mm-hmm. to taking down uh, the MCP. Okay. Right, to have her own thing instead of being brought in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's my thing. Wait, Maya Hawk is the... Is, is- Ethan Hawke yes. and Uma Thurman. Oh yeah, kid. I learned this fi- recently. Having the name like thrown what? in my face a lot, I always have one of those moments. That's like, man, good for them. Like just like coming up through the ranks, just coming out of nowhere, and then you're like, nepotism. Oh, wow. oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, now I can't unsee right? little bit it. of Uma. Can, yeah, a little bit never of Ethan. Yeah. Corey hates so, both. Yeah. So, it's fine. so true that. Um, so <laughs> right now in 2022, she is a doing Stranger Things as she has been for the last few right. years. Um, she's also doing a movie called Do Revenge. Yeah, it's a Netflix movie. Sounds really it, funny. Yeah. Uh, and the cast looks interesting, but I haven't seen it. And she is the lead. Oh, I saw yeah. a trailer for it. Yeah. Like a high school. Yeah, it just movie. like exactly. It's like a high school revenge movie. So I'm like, okay. Let's just rip you out of that, throw you into like a punk world where I think she could really thrive and like give her that. Mm-hmm. I think that's really fun. I think she'd crush that. I like it. I like both choices. I 
you've made it tough on me. I, I do. I like Riz just as much as you do, Amari. I'm not. You, you might like it more. I don't know, but I'm just saying I do like it. Um, <laughs> it's not. A comp- it's not a competition. Let's compare <laughs> our notes. Do you have all of them on Steelbook? Um, yeah. And then I do like uh, Maya Hawk. I she in in Stranger Things. She's she was a really good addition to that cast. I feel like and didn't die. You know, yeah. uh, in the first season she was in. So that's Spoilers. also great. Uh, yes, yeah. too late, too late. You had time to binge watch it by now. Very likable. She's a very likable. She's super likable. And the thing is that they both fit into the cyberpunk aesthetic like really well. That's that's the tough thing here. Like. You, yeah. you put your you put them in the role. You put you make them say the lines. You, you visualize like the modern Tron, and you're like, they both do so well. I'm going to go with Maya, but we are very much we're cutting out the romance. We're saying no, she's a programmer. Maya, we're giving her Maya, agency, Maya, giving her Maya. own self identity, mm. and all that stuff. Sc- sc- right. Screw the 1980s vision of what a woman has to be in a movie, and we'll move forward from there. So that may right. change. I may have screwed over Mari's list now. But who knows? Who knows where we're at? Wrong yeah. call. Corey yeah. says wrong, wrong call. call. Interesting. So wrong call. Yeah. No. Because if you keep it Riz and then Aquafina's Ram, you could just leave it open ended to who does Flynn actually love? It's 2022 Disney. They're not afraid of either. Like you could just Corey, leave it. Corey, stop making me sec- and ambiguous. And it's Corey, no, no, no. Stop making no, me second no, guess no, myself. No. No. All, right? all you've done. <laughs> All you've done all right, is created right, a love right. triangle. That's Court, all you did. Just nope, make me feel it. bad. That's You're just, feeding into my anxiety. Perfect. Women for the heart of Corey. Corn. Where were you during Ram when I could, really could have used this argument? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was too. It was too early for that argument. No, no. I'm I'm just here for color commentary and to make Nick go insane. It's That's working. It's working. <laughs> it's already working. Um, okay, so let's move forward and not think about the regrets that we have already. Yeah, you took your hand off the chess piece to get it off. So. We're going to pick Alan next, or the titular Tron. But if you are a user, and everything you've done has been according to a plan, right? <laughs> you wish. Well, you guys know what it's like. You just keep doing what it looks like you're supposed to be doing, no matter how crazy it seems. And that's the way it is for programs, yes. I hate to disappoint you, pal, but most of the time that's the way it is for users, too. Stranger and stranger. Alan Bradley is a programmer at Encom. He wrote the Tron program. It was designed to monitor computer networks, including the Master Control program, which didn't like it, and developed a way to get turn Tron off. So that's, again, an, the key thing that made Alan go to Laura, who went, who said, hey, I bet I know who hacked it. Now we've got a team up situation. We're going to hack inside. We're going to take over. And then Tron himself is much more of like a soldier warrior type inside of the grid. He's very much, he was envisioned initially more like a Clint Eastwood, but an an old season vet. But then the actor Bruce Boxletner, who's known for Babylon 5, lots of 70s uh, TV show appearances like Mary Tyler Moore, Gunsmoke, and Hawaii 5 0. But this is really probably his biggest claim to fame. Tanner, you made it, despite what everyone else thinks. <laughs> Tell me who <laughs> is your Alan? Who is your Tron? Okay, so the thing here's here's the thing that I had kind of painted for this Tron character, right? Because the whole idea from the original is like so fascinating to me that like Tron is the title of the movie. He's like supposed to be the hero, right. In a way. Mm-hmm. 
but he's very constantly just like being helped and like everyone is just opening the doors for him to walk through and he has no fucking clue yeah you know what i mean he's just like the guy that's like Mm. i'm the savior of this world as like 30 people are like dying to get him to where he's going to be um and so i really had fun picking like who is just the identity of superhero right who's just like oh i'm i'm the superhero and i'm the guy who's just here to do everything but then everyone else is like far more important than him mm-hmm. um and so i thought it would be really funny to have uh henry cavill here as just like everyone is like ah he's he's superman like he's he's obviously gonna do all the big fights and stuff and then he's just like in the background just like kind of walking along the whole time just like the big dumb idiot that he is uh <laughs> it's a hot henry cavill take <laughs> I love Henry Cavill. I'm just like, he plays a really good, like, just brute who just kind of wanders. And I think that's really fun. Where, like, Tron is actually not important to the story in a way. He is just the, he is just the program that Flynn needs to get there. Yeah. He's just like the USB stick that Flynn is carrying around (laughs) is my image of him. He's Frodo Baggins. Yes, that's exactly it. He's Frodo. I was gonna and say so, like, he's. I, I just was gonna this... say he's more like Gandalf because he's part of the team, and then he goes off and does his own thing, and then comes back. But Gandalf has way, way more power than I mean, Trot yeah, does. I mean, yeah. Way more influence. <laughs> okay, before we get into that, let's just yeah, let's let's. I mean, uh, push up my glasses <laughs> put a, here. Put a pin in that one. But yeah, so that's 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 my idea. Is like is just like the the fascination of like superhero is what I had here. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. When he is like actually not the hero, got it. Is like the idea. Okay, a little bait um, and switch, maybe a little, little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a little bait and switch, just a little like, uh, kind of punk mm-hmm. middle finger to like superhero. Okay, okay. Um, identity. Mm. Um, so Henry, the only thing he's doing right now in 2022 is Enola Holmes too, right? Which, if his character is anything like it was in Enola Holmes one. It's a cameo. Like, okay. I haven't watched it, yeah. the second one, but he was in the first one for, like, a scene at the very yeah. end. It was a, just a cameo. Okay. okay. Um, since it is following his sister, I assume he is not a big part of it. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. Henry Cavill is on the board, Mari. So who do you have to counter all that muscle? <laughs> okay. So in a, in a pretty different mm-hmm, direction... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do think that in, in the form of like hacking, right? So I don't know if I'm going to be able to formulate this in, in, you got this, I believe. Won't sound like babble, but, um, okay. So in, in the way that I see hacking humanized is, um, a program needing to be a lot of different things in order to get through mm-hmm. a, different, a bunch of walls, like needing to figure out how to get through this wall. So maybe it needs to, um, uh, cloak itself in mm-hmm. a different yeah. way to get through that wall and another okay. and another and another um, and seeing like a lot of iterations of Got the it. same type of person mm. um, and, and in the same way as like it's called the legend of Zelda but do we more do we right. play as Zelda no we play yeah. as Link right so I do think that we should see more of Tron since it right. is its namesake um, and so the name that I'm throwing out there um, is Jodie Comer. Oh. I think that Jodie Comer, um, seen in mm-hmm. Killing yeah. Eve, 
is able to play a lot of different characters. Yes. Um, some sometimes like really badass and sometimes just kind of like the girl next door type of person. Um, but I would like to see Tron is not this like straight lace, clean cut sort of like more or less boring suit type of person, but more so somebody who can kind of uh, cloak themselves and be different things in order to get through the 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 like the yes. motherboard yeah, yes. of getting mm-hmm. through the hacking. Yes, yes, yes. A spy. Uh, you want a spy? Uh-huh. Yeah, and and I think if anyone has seen Cyberpunk uh, Edge Runners, the anime that has come out, that's the offshoot from the game mm-hmm. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucy is the character that hacks in. Um, and it's almost kind of like, I see it as like the way that we would use mini games in order to hack through things, Mm. um, in games where it's like, you need to be versatile. And so I, I think that would be an interesting way to see how Tron would get through the hacking system Mm -hmm. in order to take over MCP. Tainer, she used this thing called logic. What a good point. <laughs> I also use logic. Okay. Tanner used the Henry Cavill card. He did. And big, you know, as big used, beefy men. I use the Henry Cavill card as like one of those like punching bags. He might just punch his way out of it like he walked True. out on Witcher. Oh. How, why would you? Why would you do this to me, Mari? See, Tanner, that's the that's the thing. When we get to Tron three in twenty twenty six, if he just bows out or bails, his whole fan base is turning <sighs> on us. They're, dude, Cavill Bros are like Swifties, man. Like they're it's they're true. unrepentant yeah. in their wrath. Like they will bring our franchise down. I just I think he gambled. Well, hold on, color commentator. Co- <laughs> Whoa! Picking before the votes have even been cast. Okay, could you calm down? <laughs> okay. Uh, and it's like, whose side are you on? Saying, there's my right job a, here. There's a yeah. right answer and there's a wrong answer. Jodie Comer is so good. <laughs> I'm afraid it's going to be Jodie Comer, Tanner. Um, hey, I get it. I painted. I, I'm my oh, my God. vision of it. I get what you're going for. I understand the the way you were going, but. I'm more in line with Mari here. We have this, a similar I get vision of the of the movie in 2022 as we see it. So Jodie Comer's great. I yes, get it. Uh, loved her in uh, The Last Duel. She was really great in that. Yeah, oh, she's so good in The Last she's Duel. Just, she's like Anya Taylor Joy, but awesome. I'm gonna see her in yeah. everything. Rude. She can pit, she can play so many different roles. She can be a pencil right. pusher, boring, you know, like office worker, and then she can also be like a fucking badass that's kind of the thing about these roles to an extent is that you're dealing with computer nerds hacker types you know programmers and then Mm -hmm. their counterpoint in the gaming world some of them are helpless and useless kind of like uh crom is and and uh ram is to an extent but tron is is very much like right on it warrior type can figure out the situation you know even in the final scene with mcp he's throwing the disc at it and figuring out, okay, this isn't working. And he has to find another way around it. Luckily Flynn jumps into the equation. So it's, it's, it's not, I feel like with Cavill, we would expect him to punch through MCP to take Mari's uh, vision of that a little bit. But with, with having Jodie Comer there, it becomes, she's still like the powerful warrior character in the story, but it's not 
the end isn't as easily like defined without help from the outside. Um, I get it. I have a question. Yes, Corey. So you're telling me the little elf guy in the video games is not Zelda. He is not. There's a princess Zelda. <laughs> that would be correct. Link is the green guy, okay. the green hooded gentleman with the sword. Yes. Okay. We were yeah, hoping right. we were hoping I'm that Zelda that. would get to be playable in this new Breath of the Wild game. It doesn't look like it's going to be the case, but anyway. I'm just saying, Mari said it, and then I kind of like zoned out for 30 seconds. Like, <laughs> <laughs> My whole life is a lie! <laughs> Moving on. Now it's time to cast the villain of our movie, Ed Dillinger or Sark in The Grid. The master control program has chosen you to serve your system on the game grid. Those of you continue to profess a belief in the users will receive the standard, substandard training which will result in your eventual elimination. Those of you who renounce this superstitious and hysterical belief will be eligible to join the warrior elite of the MCP. For those of you that need to catch up, he is the human antagonist in Tron. He wrote both Sark and the Master Control program. He was a programmer who stole all of the ideas and, and claimed all the gaming ideas from Flynn, worked his way up to senior executive, and now is letting MCP run rampant and potentially destroy the world, as we have learned. Basically, when you have David Warner, you let him be the evil British bad guy. Uh, those of you that don't know him, mm -hmm. he was in Star Trek Undiscovered Country. He was the the muscle for in Titanic, the guy that was kind of like he found out that Kate Winslet was sleeping with uh, Jack Dawson, Leonardo DiCaprio's character in the movie. He's that guy that wore the, wears the trench coat. Um, mm. Okay, nobody? Nobody? Yeah. Just me? Okay, fine. Nope, just you. He was the, you. He was the original Freddy Krueger. He had to drop out. Original Freddy Krueger. There, there you go. Ah. Ah. Oh, cool. He was in my nightmare. <laughs> so, Mari, you know him from your nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just very much scene stealing uh, villain who is also at the same time uh, groveling towards the master computer program that is now going crazy. So, Mari, you made it with. The pick of Tron. So tell me who is Sark or in the real world, Ed Dillinger. Okay. All right. My pick is back. It's Paul Dano. Good. Ah. I think Paul Dano is able to bring in that sort of sadistic, brutal mm -hmm. character. Okay. Um, he can also look really clean yes, like, yes, yes. like a young executive. You're right. Um, and also he can turn on that, that like, dictator-like behavior that you see um, mm -hmm. Sark yeah. in the world. Um, and then, and then, and then, God, Paul Dano is just so, so good. good. Um, True. You, you can, Nothing I, I you've said that, is incorrect. I, I think that Ed Dillinger shows, but not enough of it in Tron 82, um, not enough of the desperation that yes. is hinging on the control that is about mm -hmm. to be lost by this computer that he has um, before him. And so I, I think that Paul Dano would be able to find that edge of wanting that control, maintaining that control, and knowing that it's like just one little switch that'll make it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I like it. You, you stuck to your gut. You said, you know what? I'm going to put him right back up here. <laughs> 
So Tanner. And you know what? You said, fuck it. We're going to burn down the Batman is also what you said. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. Oh. Oh, yeah, okay. I did. I did. I have my qualms mm. with the Batman. Oh, really? Just in general? I do. Okay. I do. I, I think that it was a, a complete um, waste of people's abilities. Oh. oh. Yeah. I, 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 do, I do think that the, the use of um, Robert Pattinson not having a fucking amazing monologue when you know he yeah. can do it to bring, bring like the other side of Bruce Wayne that we have not gotten to see. Oh, God. There's, there's just, I have my qualms with it. Paul Dano did not need to that. <laughs> Mari is not afraid to call or give her hot takes. <laughs> No, it's a very, no, very monologue. It was just, it was just narration. But, but no, I, I get what you're saying. I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get, I get it. Come on, he narrated in Twilight. Why bring him back to that? No, I have my problems with it too. It's a stupid noir. <laughs> here's so okay. So here's the thing, Mari. Wait, Batman is noir. <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to go away. You can't, you, you can't stop yourself. the noir. <laughs> I know. That's it's integral. Batman. Um, <laughs> Did you like Batman and Robin though? Because that's not a noir film. I love the Schumacher films personally. Yes. So. yes. But I also like the Burton films. I like the Dark. I, it's just you know. I just felt <laughs> like the Batman was too Humphrey Bogart in the whole just brooding hero. Guy, so he. So. Maybe I needed a monologue. Maybe I needed a monologue. I don't know. Could have sold monologue. you. Monologue. I wanted. I wanted a patent. So monologue. here's the thing. I wanted him to be used. Mari, here's why I'm upset about this. Okay. You also had Paul Dano. Big the Batman fan. Because I also had Paul Dano, and if <laughs> and if I only get one fucking person in this cast, and it's Maya Hawk, I'm gonna be so upset. Now Tanner, Paul, okay, but you're right. Now Paul Tanner. Dano. Paul Dano is incredible. Like he has this perfect space of like being, like the, I don't like, the embodiment of like a worm, right? So like he can totally be the guy that is like trying to keep people underfoot because he is underfoot. He has that total like middle management energy of like. Oh, my boss is yelling at me, and I'm afraid of my boss, so I'm going to yell at you and take everything away from you. And like, it's it's perfect for this role. It like totally makes sense, and you can see him just like you were saying, being so scared of this MCP. It's like, no, no, no. Tell me, tell me what you need. Tell me what you need. I'll give it. I'll get it to you. Just give me time. Just give me time. Like, hundred percent. It's exactly who I am. So here, but and here's where you're both you're both right. Um. In the 82 version, it's we're in that era where you, yeah, you just have the, it's the British bad guy is just kind of a cliche, but it's a tried and true formula. Like, let's just get him. He brings some uh, level of gravitas to the movie as well as the character. But when you're thinking about 2022 and you're actually thinking about like people, programmers and hackers and stuff like that, they're not going to look like mm-hmm. uh, David Warner. They're going to look like people like Paul Dano. And it's like you guys both right. have said that the character is this guy who's losing power, but also, but in his mind, this, the means, um, the ends justify the means and that I let master control take over, but I get to be number two, basically. I get everything I wanted yeah. to an extent. Mm-hmm. And so I think 
you both are nailing it on the head where I was thinking as well of like, this needs to be a little, like you said, a little more wormy of a character, a little more, a little less out of control or more out, not having as much control as he thinks type character. And they didn't lean into that mm-hmm. enough with it. The name I brought, I thought of too at this point was Jack Quaid. Cause I wanted to see him do something different than mm. the boys. Oh, that's a yeah, good one. Fun. Now the real conversation becomes, do I kill, I'm not killing the Batman, but am I removing an integral part of that movie? Clearly, we know where Mari stands on it, and clearly, Tanner doesn't give a shit because he's ready to watch it burn. Corey doesn't seem to. I haven't seen care it. either. So I, here's what I'll I, say: I can't stand when Paul Dano loses on this podcast. Yeah. So I'm happy. Like nothing makes me want to quit this podcast more is when Paul Dano's not chosen. <laughs> Like, I just feel 100%. like when he's on the table, he should be automatic. Here's his so, problem in the Batman is that he's literally playing the same character type that you see him in in the movie like Prisoners, where it's like he's this mm-hmm. outlier type of character. I don't I haven't seen Prisoners, but I'm a, it's I've, I've seen enough clips to go like, well, they just picked him because he was in that movie almost. It's kind of like when you cast Mark Strong in a villain role nowadays or uh the guy from yeah. breaking bad whose name i always butcher but he was he was the ba- he became the bad guy in uh the mandalorian who had the the dark saber he giancarlo esposito giancarlo esposito thank you yeah it, mm-hmm. you get stuck in that bit and so like him being cast as the riddler you're like yeah it makes sense but and there really wasn't a lot of room like mari was saying for him to really dive into the role to an extent at all yeah um so yeah let's let's blow some stuff up and piss off some people let's uh let's take paul Woo! dano stick him right here let him try to take over the world dan no computer no dan no and we dan, will dan no would... you also can't take jack quaid away from the boys but it's a tv show yeah. and we don't constitute tv so we wouldn't shows technically, so technically taking him away oh we would have taken him we would have taken him from scream that's it. That's, okay, that's we would have it. lost him from screen. Yeah, Semi-issue. I was tempted to use my override there, but um, you convinced me. It didn't take much. But Dan is the we'll winner. find another. I would like to at least say that on my list, I had Ethan Hawke just what? to prove that sometimes I will pick actors I don't enjoy. So that's very I'm sweet. Sweet of you. I'm I'm willing to play the game well sometimes and not be selfish. It's sweet of you to do that in a in a spot where you you don't actually have have a have a cast list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's where it's all theory I'm for a you. Wonderful person, yeah, right, but right. I don't have to prove it. <laughs> okay, we're at the top of the list. The final cast members. So we have Clue okay. himself. We have Kevin Flynn. Kevin Flynn, one of Incom's brightest young software engineers. He's so bright, as a matter of fact, that he starts going in at night, sets up his own private memory file, and begins writing a program for a video game that's invented called Space Paranoid. But, enter another software engineer. Not so young, not so bright, but very, very sneaky. Ed Dillinger. Presents income with fine video games. But <laughs> he's invented. The slime didn't even change the names, man. He gets a big, fat promotion. And thus begins his meteoric rise to, what is he now, executive VP? I still don't understand why you want to break into the system. Because, man, somewhere in one of these memories is the evidence. If I got in far enough, I could reconstruct it. Played by Jeff Bridges, he creates the best-selling video games for MCOM, including Light Cycles. Uh, His games, the ideas are stolen by Ed Dillinger, 
he's fired shortly after when he when Dillinger becomes the vice president. And then we learn that he's been hacking his way in, trying to prove that he, in, in fact, was the one who created all this stuff. And through the journey of the movie, he proves himself to be that, then gets to become the SEO or whatever. And we're all happy at the end. But in terms of character, he is very much a fish out of water kind of scenario. He's it's good that they had Jeff Bridges here as a more colorful kind of actor who could like really kind of play off of situations and stuff. And you really get the feel that if, if anybody really felt like a hacker, it was Jeff Bridges in this role. I felt like he really nailed it. And the movie mm. does live or die off of him being the guy that's like, wow, this is kind of crazy. This place I'm in, you know? Yeah. The only fun fact I'll throw at you is that to inspire the actors, the director put arcades on set for them to play during their downtime to kind of help them get into yeah. the idea of like, this is we're in games. This is what's going on. Jeff Bridges apparently was the most adept at the games and found it hard to tear himself away from a game to shoot a scene. So he'd be sitting there. Hold on, five more minutes, five more minutes. I'm about to get the high score. <laughs> hey, you know what? As from speaking from personal experience, working with a bunch of gamers, <laughs> trying to get them to shoot things is incredibly difficult. <laughs> True. Mari, I don't know if you have anything to say about that, but. Uh, the, the only thing I can say is we're very sorry, Tanner. <laughs> it was always, we're so sorry. It was always your job to try and rally us. And um, yeah, it was a hold one on, more game, on, one more game, on, one more game. On, hold game. On, so close, hold so on. close. Yes. Hold on, hold on. So with that being s- <laughs> I'm not a ga- yeah, that- I'm not a gamer or an actor that I've experienced. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone brought an emulator to Take 5 the movie, and it was kind of problematic. It's true. It's true. So, problematic. <laughs> so. All right. With that being said, so technically, Mari, you were the last one, I believe, to make it ma- on your own. So you will true. be the first to give me your mm-hmm. Kevin Flynn. Ooh, I'm so excited about this pick, actually. Oh, no. um, okay, so Kevin Flynn, mm-hmm, gamer, mm-hmm. charismatic, um, you know, o- owns the gaming center. Who would fall into this perfectly? It's Rahul Kohli. Uh, oh. Rahul, you might know from um, uh, Midnight Mass. The Haunting of Bly Manor. He was nice zombie. He's also a friend of mine, so I'm a little biased. Um, would like for this man to continue getting work everywhere. He's also in um, the new Ghostbusters uh, video game. Really? Um, but somebody who is very, very funny and extremely charismatic, um, but can, my gosh, nail some serious scenes and nail some um, some monologues. Really, really uh, heartfelt and also, you know, can play a complete playboy yeah. who, who's also a hacker. Mm. So here's the only downside. Oh, my God. It's some good. What's a great IMDb? I, I see the IMDb. I have never seen Midnight Mass or Haunting on Bly Manor or any of these movies. So I have nothing to like reference other than. <laughs> there. They're 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 good mm-hmm. like horror thrillers. Corey, have you seen any of these? I've seen The Haunting of Bly Manor. It's good. Okay, all right, yeah. Midnight mm-hmm. Mass. I think he had a okay, more prominent okay. role. See, and here's the thing, though. Here's the upside for what you've done, Mari. Is we love casting friends on this <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like big fans, big fans. But Nick, I'm gonna pitch you someone though. Okay, I'm gonna pitch okay. you someone. I'm going to bring you someone that can play a little bit of a playboy. We don't see it as much, but we he's got it in him. He's charismatic as hell. You can see him being, especially now, he's got like 
longer hair, a little bit more of a beard. Wait you a can minute. see him being like a gamer and like a programmer. Dev Patel. We've got a Dev Patel versus Rahul Kohli. What a matchup. My God. My, 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 so my. I do know Dev Patel. Yeah. So I bet they are in a lot of the same the rooms. The same though. rooms together. I was <laughs> yeah. about to say, yes, I was like, absolutely. Yeah. They a thousand yeah. percent are. You see Dev um, in the Green Knight just right. last year mm-hmm. as Gawain. So you see him as this like more because previously I feel like we've seen him as a lot of the like nerdy, like quiet, like timid character a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But we I think in the Green Knight, we get to see more of his like emboldening more of his like strength in a way. Um, but I feel like he's got a lot of, um, charisma where you can see him just kind of hosting these game nights and hosting these like parties in his arcade. And then also being like the, the programmer that's like, oh yeah, I got like, unfortunately all my shit got stolen from me. And like, I want to fucking get this guy back. Yeah. Like. I think he's got a whole lot of range and really hits a whole lot of like comedy drama. Like he's got his action. He runs the gamut. Boy, you and I kind of mind. Like these last couple, like we were really like in sync. Both Dev and Rahul are like tall British Indian actors. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Both of them. Sometimes you guys were in sync. Apparently, at the, well, you also like both had Aquafina just at different spots. That was the only the only downside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. See now the true. the difference here. The, see the difference. And here's what you here's the picture that you all missed because you broke the linchpin. Okay. Okay. The thing you missed was a love story between Dev Patel and Nicholas Holt. How they're imprisoned together and find love in prison, and then. And then Nicholas Holt dies, and Dev Patel goes out of his way to murder MCP for Nicholas Holt. That's what you missed out on. You missed out on that beautiful moment. So now they can just do it for Aquafina, okay? It's it's we still love Aquafina. Like she's she's still a bro. There's a bromance there. We still love Aquafina. Yeah, yeah I'm more likely to cry at Aquafina dying than <laughs> True. Yeah, True. Come on. You hate Nicholas Holt. That's not I'm not gonna feel anything. <laughs> When Nicholas Holt dies. Fine. 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 <laughs> Get that lynch yeah. pit out of here. Fuck your lynch pit. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. Both great choices. I But I would be lying if thank I you. said I knew anything about Ra- how do you say, Raul. Rahul. Is that how we say his name? Yeah. Rahul. Rahul thank you. But we gave him a shout out. He's on the board. Hopefully now we can go watch. I can go watch more of this. In the list. He's on the list. He's in the list. Mm-hmm. But I am going to go Dev Patel here. Just because there's also this idea that's like Man. I you do need uh, you already have a pretty solid l- cast list here of memorable people, but I do know I just I I it, the fault is Mari is that I don't know who this person is and I can't pick them when I don't know this is a mm-hmm. fault of Nick. this is the fault of Nick. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Def Patel, <laughs> Tanner. You you didn't just get my hawk in the movie, so congratulations. I'm so. So you, happy. You, you 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 messed up at the beginning. Thought thought it was all dead and gone, but you know what? You, you picked it up at the end there. So congratulations. Yeah. 
But with that being Thank said, Good. let's look at the final cast list. How about it? So, as a whole, as a I have whole. to visualize it. And then I might, by pressure, do a switcheroo Switch or something. some people up. So, for Peter, or the assistant, we have Thor from Game of Thrones fame. Thor. Right. Uh, the Mountain. For the MCP, we the will mountain. be voiced by Matthew Mercer. Krom will be played by Randall Park. Dr. Walter Gibbs, our Dumont, will be played by Bruce Stern. So good. The popcorn worker, loving, lovingly known as Ram, will be played by Aquafina. Laura or Yori will be played by Maya Hawk. Alan and Tron will be turned into a female and be played by Jody Comer. Ed Dillinger will be played by Paul Dano, and we are removing him from the Batman, and we oh, will yeah. hear all of the complaints, but that's fine, because that's just how things go. Come at us. Sorry, um, Come at us, nerds. And then for the final role of Flynn slash Clue, we have Dev Patel leading the way to fight and get his way out of the grid. So that's the cast as it stands. He does look like a hacker. So looking at it right now, it's it. very, like like we've talked about, modernizing it a bit. Clearly, like, it's much more female cast, just looking at it immediately. Yeah. And, which is fun. Uh, you know, I was tempted, in my list, I had a female lead at the top, but with our current cast, I was like, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> what to do, but I like Dev Patel here too. But it, it definitely leads into also. You can also have some commentary about like the work environment and how there's still like this. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Work displacement between that women are trying to overcome this idea. Oh yeah, and you've yeah, got yeah. a white man playing mm-hmm. the the swindler's role, working his way up to the SEO, taking taking CEO. credit. Thank you, credit from not just it's Dev Patel, but he's um, a character of minority origins, and then you have the women mm-hmm. as well that. So it, play, it it allows us to kind of commentate on that a little bit in this modern version as well, yeah. which is leads right into like yeah. There's a lot more like yeah, I like that. disenfranchisement yeah, that we can like sure. really really tap uh, into. So who's gonna yeah. throw a bunch of money at this and make it a thing? Disney, <laughs> Disney, <laughs> D- D- Disney. Come on, come on, Fran- you smell idea. that franchise, don't you? Don't you? Don't you? <laughs> oh my god! The second the second that Aquafina and Paul Dano get put on this like cast list, people are like. I mean, it is a bidding war. Like money is. Wait, being, you got the girl from Stranger Things? Like, hand over fist. You got that one lady from the Oscar-winning movies? It's like, oh, that's that's great. Jodie Comer, absolutely. Please, here is a blank check. Tell us what you need. They're really, because really, the one that fills out of place almost is Dev Patel, because he's not a franchise guy. Like he's not, and really, right. really, this wasn't a franchise till like you know five or ten years ago, but. You know, it, it, it'll right. be it'll be an interesting for him to have this a more mainstream kind of role, I guess. Mm-hmm. But hey, I like it. It's fun. That's great. I would totally I, like I would totally watch this for film. sure. Totally go see this. Oh, I, I want yeah. it. All right. Well, Corey, Solid cast. any final thoughts before we wrap this up, Corey? Mm, I would have overrode the top pick and put Lakeith Stanfield <laughs> because that's just my go to. <laughs> I should probably only be allowed to cast the Keith right. Sandfield five times a year. I should probably start. Yes, we will absolutely be putting that into place. Your hip pocket Stanfield is too too often. Too often. Him and Idris Elba are my. I need. I need to be given like I like five each, and so yeah. Okay, 
Stan no, I, I like Stan. it. I, I do. I think that y'all created a very, very fun cast. I enjoyed it. So great. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Mari, for coming on. So where can people find you? What are you working on now? What is... Plug us your stuff. Oh boy! Thank you so much for having me. This was this was a lot of fun. Good, <laughs> um, and I really enjoyed doing the work be- beforehand to to get all my answers. All the done homework too. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me, and th- and thank you, listeners, for for having me. I hope you're not too mad about my stance on the Batman. Um, if you would like to follow me, uh, you can find me on social media everywhere at Atomic Mari, and um, whatever I'm working on, you can probably find at AtomicMari.com. The, the quickest yeah. way. Um, I'm focusing on making short films these days and uh, continuing to to do stuff on on social media. I, I put content, yeah. quote unquote, on social media, but I'm very much working mm-hmm. on making short films. That does not. Uh, if you just fall if into you just need a PA or someone to yell at and tell to go run and get your coffee, I'm available. Just just putting it out there. <laughs> amazing amazing uh, i you. i uh i follow you mari on instagram and i enjoy this thing you're doing where you tell me what's streaming on certain platforms and to watch i've actually like really that. i'm like making a list sometimes i'm like oh okay never heard of that that's fun oh thank so, you yeah. i'm enjoying that, that. uh yeah. yours or atomic it's, film what is the oh yeah it's it, i've been putting it on both but atomic underscore film is uh, kind of like where I've been really enjoying making content these days of just talking about films okay. that I like. And uh, yeah, like Corey said, talking about what you should check out that's new on certain platforms like Hulu or Netflix. And um, we had talked about this uh, recently. You're also working on a podcast, right? Has that started coming out yet? Or are you guys? Not yet. Not yet. I, I The podcast okay. that I do have right now is with former Smosh Games members, Sohinki, Lasercorn, and Joven. And um, we, we podcast uh, once every two weeks. And that's called Ogsog. And it's available anywhere. Um, oh no, it's available on Spotify and it's available mm-hmm. on YouTube. Cool. Hell yeah. Go check her out. We love her. She's just the best. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> I don't trash the Ooh. Batman on a, on a, on a regular <laughs> basis. It was, you know, so. <laughs> That's fine. We've done way worse on here. I say things like Grease 2 is better than Grease on here. Like every We are going to have to talk about that. Well, that was Tron 2022. Amazing episode, but we just got to move forward. And that means, what are we doing next episode? And it's my pick. This is great. Congratulations, everyone. This will be a great episode, unlike when Tanner picks things. Um, (laughs) But it's the beginning of Tanner's favorite season, the Christmas season. Ah, yes. Yes, Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 Tanner. Don't we? Don't you? Don't have to contain your excitement with us. We know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. Yes, deep yes, down. Yes, 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 yes. Deep, so, deep down. Okay. okay. So I'm going to choose a Christmas film, and I'm going to choose one of my favorite Christmas films. It's usually one of the first ones I watch uh, with Die Hard, but we've already done Die Hard, so oh, I'm going to okay, go to okay. number two here. Polar Express. And we're going to do nope. the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, Jingle All the Way. Oh my! We're gonna get some Turbo Man up in this podcast. Yes. Pick in the year. I don't want to do it modern because we would just cast Dwayne Johnson. Sure. Didn't want to go to the eighties because that's too predictable for me. I like to live in the Uh eighties. 
So I'm going to challenge us a little bit. We're going to go back to 1978. So we're going to get into some classic cinema. Like what? What does Jingle All the Way look like by Martin Scorsese in 1978? (laughs) Oh my god. Gritty as hell. (laughs) Gritty people shooting each other over an action figure. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, no, Martin. Martin's fired. He's not directing this. We still need it to be fun. So, damn. That's know, what we'll be doing next episode. Jingle all the way as casted in 1978. You know, Sweet. I've never seen this movie. Oh, my. What? Damn it. <laughs> oh, well, you're in for a treat, my friend. Good. I'm very excited. It's one of those you movies I've be. always you wanted to be. see. I, it's not even just Schwarzenegger. It's the kid that ruined Star Wars. It's Sinbad and <sighs> Phil Hartman. So and, it's, and Mrs. Tom Hanks. Rita and Mrs. It's, Tom Hanks. It, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's wow, great. What a cast. Yeah. Yeah. Paul White. It'll be fun. That'll be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone tune in and we'll get Tanner's take on a great Christmas movie. That was Tron 2022. We hope you loved it. We hope you enjoy that cast. By all means, please find us on the Instagrams. Give us your cast. We love to know what you're thinking. Don't listen to us. As Walter Gibbs Gibbs said in this thing, if you start letting the computers do the thinking, people stop. So give us your cast. We love to engage with you. And that was Tron 2022. Say goodbye, Nick. Goodbye, Nick.